Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to be back. Took a couple of days off and recharged. I was so lucky. I had some great fill-in hosts, Caroline Levitt, Toby Leary, obviously Jared holding down the fort here. So I hope you guys enjoyed those shows. And we have a lot to cover. Definitely didn't take off a time where it was slow news. Uh, Big night last night for anyone who was watching. I'm sure if you weren't, you're catching up today. The Iowa caucus results are in, and it was a historic night for Donald Trump. Not a huge surprise. Uh, I think maybe the the level of this win might have surprised people a little bit. But for the most part, even, you know, anti-Trumpers thought this was going to be the results. Huge wins. The part that surprised me, I was watching a lot of the coverage last night. You know that those fancy boards they use, like the giant iPads? God, I'd love to get my hands on one of those. I, I, I wonder, though, Jared, here's my question. Not that it matters with all the things going on in the world, but when they click on it, are they actually bringing it up or is someone behind the scenes seeing what they're clicking on and then it's happening? Or is it actually like an iPad right there in front of them? I, I think it's an actual iPad. So when they touch it, it will. It's like a touch screen. So when they touch it, it will turn whatever color it needs to be or they'll swipe to whatever Okay. Um, slide they need it to be because they had Sandra Smith doing it on Fox. I know they have a different guy on CNN, but that's got to be like that's a skill. That's like Excel, you know, using a spreadsheet. They know what they're doing, clicking all those buttons around. You got to be pretty quick. But on Fox, they were breaking down the demographics, and that's the part I find the most interesting because it's not enough just to look at Iowa and go, "Oh, Trump had a huge win. That's great." What he needs to do now, and and I know he has people on his team that are doing this, is they need to look at where his support grew and why you have to do don't just do an autopsy when it's bad news oh don't worry cnn and the new york times did that all the dummies it grew amongst the dumb people with no edu- education oh that's how it grew it's the dummies again oh yeah, you dummies non-college degree holding people oh the working people yeah the people that actually build stuff actually get things done you screwed us again damn it yeah well they they also are breaking down like white evangelical christians they had a lot of that support um they had support among moderate conservatives which i thought they were going to go more towards nikki haley or ron DeSantis. so in almost every category trump did astoundingly well and DeSantis was a distant second Nikki Haley was a very expensive third <laughs> based on the numbers, they, uh, the money they spent. And Vivek Ramaswamy, who we might have on the show today. I- I'm like fingers crossed here. I asked him to come on last week. Obviously, I didn't know at the time he was going to drop out yesterday. Um, but if he still does come on, great timing for us because he announced yesterday after he came in fourth place that he was not going to continue his campaign And so I wasn't, let's all, let's start from here. And the lines are open, as you all know. It's 844-500-4242. I was not a fan 
of this whole loyalty, like litmus test situation where people were calling up and saying, you know, everyone needs to galvanize behind Donald Trump and nobody should be running against him. This is disloyal. That to me was such a childish argument. And it's not how these things work. I was a big fan of having a primary, letting people make their case. With that being said, now that we have the numbers and just to put this into perspective for people who might not have been following it as closely, because context matters, as my friend Jen Psaki always says, this is from the New York Post. Trump recorded the biggest margin of victory in the modern history of the Iowa GOP caucus dating back to 1976 and became the first Republican candidate to get more than 50 percent support in a contested caucus. That's the context. So in other words, save some meteoric shift, some some drastic event that occurs. There is no way forward for these other candidates. I like DeSantis. I've made that very clear. Um, I think he would be harder. It'd be like a trickier person for Joe Biden to beat. I have no regrets about being honest about that with the audience, even though a lot of times, Jared, as you witnessed, it came with its fair share of hate. Disgrace. Disloyal. That's my nickname. And, you know, I've had worse nicknames, so we can keep that one around. But I have no regrets about being honest about that. But I am a realist. And it's not going to happen for DeSantis, not this time around. And it's definitely not going to happen for Nikki Haley. So Trump is the guy. And like I've always said from jump, I want to win. I want to win. And and you know what I was tempted to say is I want to beat Joe Biden, but that's not it either. Because I'm going to come back to that, the Joe Biden factor. But Trump, as we were just talking about these different, you know, Jared said, it's all the dummies where the support grew. All that support is, you know, Jared, the support didn't grow with the dummies. It festered. That support was festering amongst the boomer rubes who can't read maps and do math. Um, But he didn't just keep support and solidify support. He did have his support grow in certain uh, demographics. And now, obviously, the electorate in New Hampshire is very different. Anyone who's familiar with New Hampshire, you drive through there. It's amazing the difference you see in all signs, depending on what you could be in one town in New Hampshire and you could be in Trump country and then you could just go a few miles over and it could be totally different. So New Hampshire is going to be a different ballgame. But the overall takeaway here is that the left strategy of throw everything but the kitchen sink at Donald Trump in hopes that they are hurting his popularity, it's backfiring, to say the least. Now, I was watching today, Tommy Lauren was on Fox, and she's a believer, which I think I have a lot of people in the audience who feel this way, too. She believes that Biden is not going to be the guy, that um, the Democrats are not ultimately going to run Joe Biden, and they'll eventually run someone else. I like Joe Biden. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have access to a crystal ball like Joe. And I do have Howie's Magic 8-Ball here, but I think it's one of those things where only Howie can unlock the power of the Magic 8-Ball. So I don't know if I have to have my own or something, but I'm not going to use it. So I don't really know what will happen if they'll run Joe Biden. I do think they will decide that later and that the major part of that decision is going to be desperation. Like Democrats will do anything to win. We saw that with covid So if they think Joe Biden is not the answer, it does not matter how late in the game they have to do it. They will throw a Hail Mary pass. They will get him out of there. They'll tell him he can't run or something. But Tommy Lauren's larger point, which I appreciated and I hadn't thought of, is that Trump can't run against Joe Biden. He has to run against Democrat policies. He has to run against this agenda 
that is destroying the country we all love. And that's not an exaggeration. You look at what's happening at the southern border. This is not me, you know, uh, throwing red meat at my audience or being hyperbolic. This administration, through their dangerous policies, is destroying the country as we know it. And it's happening fast. If one part of this whole last four years has surprised me, it's how fast the wheels came off. I thought it'd be like a real slow, you know, the the frog getting boiled, the temperature rising. This happened a lot faster than I thought it would. Now, Biden already put out a tweet, okay? He put out a tweet about how he's running against MAGA, and it, it didn't matter. I saw some some Biden hack speaking at in Iowa saying, you know, it doesn't matter who they run, and we're always running against MAGA. And he said that, like, oh, I'm running against MAGA no matter what no matter who the uh, nominee ended up being. That whole playbook is tired. It's lazy. That's the real key part of this. It's lazy. It worked in 2020. Mm, You know, there's still debate about that. But based off the recent polls I saw, the percentage of people who don't think it worked and think something else was afoot, very high. I think that was like upwards of 60%. But that playbook they used in 2020 and it may have worked then but that was many moons and many wars ago a lot has changed in the last few years including people's grocery bills including people's gas prices including people's feeling of safety and security so what i'm proposing here and i want to know other people's thoughts on this i want to know other people's reactions to last night But what I'm begging Republicans is we cannot be lazy. We can't just go, oh, Joe falls down. Oh, he forgets everything. He's crooked. Do you see how crooked he is? Do you see his son, Hunter? It's all true. Don't get me wrong. It's all true. But I'm here to tell you it is not enough. It is not. I wish it was. I I wish people were, you know, following along as closely as we all are. But they're not. And so Trump and other Republicans, they need to have strategies and hope and reasons to give people as to why he is the better choice. I had a Darvi Morrow on a few weeks ago talking about how the RNC, he was criticizing the RNC, which I'm always game for. And he was criticizing their minority outreach and how they, they always wait until the last minute to go to these black and brown communities. And then when they don't get the votes, they say, see, we should never have wasted our time. And he was talking about how important it is that Republicans make a stronger case to those communities. And a woman called in afterwards and she was a listener, and um, she said something along the lines of, Trump already made his case. He doesn't need to do that. If people can't figure it out, that's, you know, that's kind of their problem type thing. And I thought, that's exactly how we lose. That is exactly how we lose, is that people who love Trump and people who, who want to see, you know, MAGA happen again, get stubborn and feel like we don't need to go out there and make our case. We do. The stakes are too high. It's not enough that you get it. You you gotta you gotta start making this case to other people, and getting more people in this tent. And elections—that's what they're all about: bringing people in, selling your ideas to people, and having them buy it. Stubbornness is not going to win this. So um, obviously, big kudos to Trump. 
I think we're going to start hearing a lot of announcements from him about what he's going to do next. I, I guess Nikki Haley and DeSantis are going to stay in this probably t- until after New Hampshire. But uh, based off Trump's speech last night, I think he was hoping that everyone would kind of just bow out. I do think it's time. I think it's time to just get behind one candidate. There's no other situation where Trump really is not the candidate here. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about for this for this first hour. We've got a lot planned. I also want to talk about the anti-Israel protesters and their weekend riots, which I only heard about after listening to a couple of hours from Howie's show yesterday, because that was nowhere as far as the mainstream media goes. And I want to play the sound from Rachel Maddow explaining why she couldn't air Trump's victory speech, why people can't handle hearing from the former president. We are going to get to all of this and we'll take your calls. So just get on the line now. It's 844-500-4242. What do you think happens next? Do you feel good about last night? Do you think that going into the general now, do you feel more confident? We are going to, um, we're just going to open it up to the callers. Howie got the flu shot and he came down with the flu. And the mailroom manager came down with RSV. It actually happened, Jared, all within a couple weeks of each other. And it was... Yeah, I still have the cough. Yeah, it's been tough here for the last couple of weeks with people just catching things. It's that it's that time of year. Um, we've had staff and clients who have gotten COVID. Winter has just begun. We're heading into the thick of it. You need to be ready for any of these viruses and so much more. That's why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company. The emergency med kit has eight potentially life-saving medications to fight COVID, bronchitis, pneumonia, nausea, and so much more. You don't want to lose a week or two. It usually ends up being two to one of these illnesses. So don't get caught not being able to see your doctor to obtain the medications you need to nip a bad virus in the bud. I always think if I if I just it's always the the delay, Jared, of like the day or two that it takes you to get the medicine where you think if I just had it on hand, this thing would already be done. That's the part that extends usually the sickness. So with the wellness company. You are going to be prepared. You can keep their medical emergency kit in your medicine cabinet, take it with you on vacation. And after your purchase, you will complete a clinical intake form that once approved, your medical emergency kit will be shipped right to your doorstep. So this kit has eight prescription medications inside a compact and convenient box. It's like having a pharmacy in your bathroom. You got antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. It has things like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z things that you know you will need, and then you'll just have them there at the ready. It comes with a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe use for every medication in the box, everything from the benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events. It has every scenario covered, making it like a doctor in a box. So order today at T wc.health slash curly and use code curly 10 for 10% off. Again, that's twc.health slash curly and use code curly 10. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show.
Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I also want to talk about John Kerry today. I don't know if people heard the news that uh, he's not leaving. He's not going away, but he is giving up his position as the climate envoy. It's the only choice for somebody like me. You know what else I read, Jared? I read that Davos is going on right now. and Yeah, another World Economic Forum, Davos get together whatever that's like a fancy private plane type of event. oh yeah that's absolutely that's uh yeah all, all the unelected people who want to pull the strings on the world all get together yeah with the elected people how we're going to eat crickets and stuff yeah like that. although Zelensky is over there kind of trying to broker peace talks in switzerland with the swiss government so that's interesting well i, I want to talk Soft. about Trying to broker, I should say. I want to talk about all of that, but and I I hate coming back here on my first day back, like beating up on you because I don't mean to do that. But I thought you were going to get us invited this time. Like every Jared, every few weeks, there's one of these conventions, and I, I don't know if it's that we don't have a private plane. I don't know why we can't get invited here, but I'm just I'm dying to get in the room with these people. It's like it's the Harry and Megans of the world. I could pull a Joe Biden and say, hey, do you have a house in Aspen that you're not using right now? We'd really love to start a tradition. Howie Car Radio Network yearly tradition of going to St. Croix. Like these are the things that I'm going to work on. I just need you to get me in the door. I'm just one of those slackers, I guess. <sighs> it's OK. It's OK. Just... One of those uneducated MAGA types. Is there a schedule, though, of these events? Like, is there some sort of calendar, like a Joe Biden calendar, but it just has all the different stupid waste of money events that occur? Just a big block that says rule the world. Yeah, I want to be in. Ron, you're up next on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Ron. Grace, hello. Hello, Ron. What's going on? I agree with you what you uh, said, um, that uh, I do believe that um, Trump and the Republicans need to reach out to uh, all demographics. Yes. And um, and I think people forget that uh, Trump did come out to Worcester, Massachusetts, as a Republican um, two times. I believe it was at least two times he came to Worcester in the run-up to 2016. And... Um, you know, and that's a, I think that that's a pretty big difference compared to like a George W. Bush that came to Boston and did some fundraiser in some secret closet or something like that, you know? Yeah. And I think the other part about Trump, and I remember when he went to Ernie Bach's house for an event back in 2015, is that, and this is part of the reason people love him, is because he never thinks that there's a group that he can't win over. And the R, I don't consider, I don't think the RNC is like this. I think they write off certain demographics or they write off certain people. Oh, we're never going to get that vote. But Trump, and you could chalk it up to him being a little bit of an egomaniac, but in this case, it benefits him. There's not a person. That's why when he gets up, he doesn't, he doesn't rail against Democrat voters in his speeches because in his mind, he always thinks there's a chance. He's like uh, dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. In his mind, he thinks I'm so great. I'm the best. Of course, eventually I'm going to win that person over. And you do have to have that mindset going in. It's not enough to say, oh, the other guy sucks. Because guess what? If at the last minute, and this goes back to Tommy Lauren's point, um, which I don't, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Tommy Lauren, but I thought she was good today. It goes back to if at the last minute they swap out Joe Biden for Gavin Newsom and you've spent the entire campaign, you know, uh, poking fun at Joe Biden or making fun of his gaffes, all of a sudden there you're kind of caught flat footed. I'm not saying that's what Trump's going to do. I think he has a lot of smart people kind of directing him in this sense. But 
as far as the rest of us, we need to start explaining why we can't survive with this Democrat agenda. We'll be right back with more of your calls on the other side. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. If you are on the line right now, stay there. If you want to get on the line, it's 844-500-4242. Jared, I got to play, though. It's been a while since I played Rachel Maddow. I mean, the golden age of Rachel Maddow was during the Trump years. Maybe she will have a resurgence if Trump, fingers crossed, is president again. But I think also after the Trump years and that kind of boom for MSNBC, when things started heading in the wrong direction for the ratings, Rachel cut back to like one night a week or something, or maybe once a month. Very, very strange schedule um, that she's allowed to keep at MSNBC. But last night she was on because it was a big night, you know, it was a big MAGA night. And so she had to be there as the guardian of truth and really the courageous guardian of democracy that she is. And so this is why she explained why MSNBC would not be airing Trump's remarks. This is cut three. I just have to do a little bit no. of business just for a second. Um, at this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, and honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. Do you, ever but find, do you ever find when someone says earnestly? That is false. I know when someone says honestly, they're lying to you. And I probably say it all the time on the show. I don't mean to, but it's usually a telltale sign. It's like if someone starts touching their mouth while they're talking to you or looks down, it doesn't get any more obvious than that. But the only bigger giveaway is the earnestly. And that's the part of this speech that she comes up with that I can't stand. I find like the faux objectivity or the faux sincerity and like formality of her statement to be so eye roll inducing. And the reason we can't do it, it's not because we relish it, she says, as she licks her chops. Like, yeah, I can tell you don't relish this. Talk about dramatics. It always, and it's always about them. It's not about Trump. It's not about the, oh, we're scared people are going to hear. Listen, you're MSNBC. You made your bones off fake news. The Russia hoax, Kyle Rittenhouse, Nicholas Sandman, um, the Jussie Smollett saga, the Hunter Biden disinformation, uh, everything you guys have run, every time you've gotten a little hit in the ratings, it's been from promoting lies and fake news. And Rachel Maddow has been at the helm of it for a very long time. So this whole idea of like, it really pains us to do this and we don't take any joy in it. But this is just something we have to do. I want Democrats to understand how little they think of you. They think you are so dumb. And furthermore, Jared, they think that the Democrats' ideas and platform and candidates are so weak 
that by showing you something, giving you access to something, that any other time in American history, it would have been absurd that the media would do this. But they think giving you unfettered access to a former president is going to shake your support of the Democrat Party. That is how fragile this party is currently. That is how weak this Biden administration is. That they are afraid they're going to risk it all by showing you a live feed of Donald Trump. Your loyalty to Joe Biden is so shaky right now if you're a Democrat. And I don't blame them. Can you blame them? So it's holding on by a thread that Rachel Maddow scared that if you get access, if you're able to see with your own eyes words coming out of orange man's mouth, then you might be convinced that then you might join the MAGA cult. The Kool-Aid must be strong. We're all drinking because if that's all it takes, if Joe Biden's that bad that just hearing the other guy's speech is going to get people into his tent, then that seems like a you problem, Rachel Maddow. But I I can't wait for Howie to come on later today because this is going to be hysterical. He can go down the whole list of all of the MSNBC lies and he can go back. He can go back decades. I'm just talking about the last like five or six years. Can't believe the network that hired Mike Barnacle would lie about something. Yeah. And and Brian Williams, too. He's NBC. But, you know, same 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 company. Yeah. But they don't they don't they want to peddle lies. They don't want anyone to be subjected Trump's malicious, nefarious lies. Meanwhile, she's sitting next to Jen Psaki. Oh, was she sitting next to Jen Psaki? Oh, context matters. There may have been somebody in the middle. I don't know. Jay, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jay. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Anyways, I just want to say as dumb as the Democrats are, and they are dumb, evil and dumb, they're bereft of intellect. Even they are slowly coming around to the realization the will of the people still prevails here. Screw the media and screw their attempts. Donald Trump will be the 47th president of the United States. And Grace, I believe that retribution will be his theme because the Democrats don't realize that all their efforts are in vain. The, uh, the edicts and the, and the indictments and all that, they're, they're pissing against an oncoming tsunami. That's the ex- ultimate exercise in futility, Grace. Yeah, well, I think right now when it comes to when it comes to the way the Democrats are trying to take down Trump, there's no question that it is not having the intended effects <laughs> because this guy's popularity is at an all time high. Now, I've always been I've always been very weary of that, especially heading into the general. Like just because somebody just because somebody's killing it in the primary against other Republicans doesn't mean they're going to kill it against a Democrat. But there are a lot of different things factoring in here in this upcoming election. And I think the biggest one now is that you've seen both. You know, you've seen both of these guys. And what was amazing was yesterday when I was watching the results come in, Harold Ford Jr., he's the Democrat. He's, he seems like a, a pretty decent guy and he's not like a crazy liberal or anything, but he is the go-to, you know, the token Democrat on the five. They have to have like one in each uh whatever the the mix-up is and he was talking about joe biden and he said that joe biden cannot win if he just runs against trump and trump's personality like he has to run on the issues and he was on with sean hannity and dana perino and they both looked at him and said 
how is he going to run on the border? Like, how, how is he going to head into this and talk about the border with the way he's handled it thus far? And I don't know. I don't think there's a way he can do that and keep a straight face. The border is completely overrun and he can blame Donald Trump all he wants. But that doesn't make any sense. Even to the most anti-Trump Democrats, that does not make any sense. Why did it get so much worse when the guy with all the answers showed up? When the humane grandfather showed up? Why did everything start going wrong then? 844-500-4242. Now, the other part of this that I wanted to talk about here is what happened over the weekend. So over the weekend... And I was traveling. I had a couple days off. I was traveling. I feel so fancy when I say that I was traveling because you have no idea, Jared. I could be at Davos with John Kerry, former climate envoy. Maybe I was getting my nails done in Quincy, Massachusetts. You really don't know. But while I was away, unbeknownst to me, there was a giant riot outside the White House. And I should say there was a giant riot again outside the White House because this happened a couple weeks ago. This was an anti-Israel, pro-Hamas riot. And I didn't hear one thing about it. And I was disconnected to a degree, but not to the level where I wouldn't hear about an insurrection. Like, I don't care if I was off for two weeks, January 6, 2021. I would have heard about the insurrection because it was everywhere. I had access to a TV. I had my phone on me. I did not hear about this insurrection outside the White House. And so I was, you know, catching up on how we show yesterday. I was listening to it. And one of the callers mentioned that the reports out of the White House were that the rioters caused temporary damage. And I said, I got to find this. And, and he was dead on. That's exactly what they said. Temporary damage. So I was looking that up today because I love semantics. I love that this is the only thing that this administration and their minions in the media do all day long. All day long, their jobs. It's not to accomplish anything. It's one to get Trump and we're going to get into the Fannie Willis situation because that just gets better and better and better as time goes on. And two, find new ways to not tell people what is actually going on. That is a full time job for this administration. Let's find fancy ways to serve up fresh BS to the American people. So I I see this this uh, pro pro Hamas rally and, you know, I think. Again, I I don't know if rioting outside the White House is going to win people over. Then, today, I get this headline. Anti-Israel protesters target New York City Cancer Hospital for complicity in genocide, as terrified Jewish resident says, I thought I was in Germany in 1939. This is from the New York Post. Thousands of anti-Israel protesters descended on Manhattan to demand a ceasefire in Gaza on Monday, with some even targeting a respected hospital for cancer patients over its alleged complicity in genocide. The protesters shouted shame at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center while patients received treatments on the Upper East Side before targeting a Starbucks and a McDonald's restaurant they reportedly accused of making meals for genocide. Make sure they hear you. They're in the window, an organizer said on a bullhorn outside Sloan Kettering. According to footage posted on social media, someone in the crowd beat a drum as scores chanted, MSK, shame on you. You support genocide, too. Shame, 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 other protesters shouted in response. 
Now, I don't know if I'm going to come off like I'm full of myself here, but I'm not going to get lectured on shame or morality from the lunatics screaming at children with cancer outside of a hospital. I'll, I'll, you know, if, if anyone has a problem with my moral compass, I will hear you out. But if you are looking up at a patient with cancer at the window and you're screaming at them and you think it's somehow their fault what's happening in Gaza, I just, I, I don't think I'm going to take what you have to say so seriously. I'm at least, I'm not going to take it to heart. I can tell you that much. And, you know, a few uh, weeks ago, because this has been happening now forever, where these protesters are going, they're blocking traffic, they're ruining the Macy's Day Parade, they're ruining the Christmas carols, they're ruining pictures with Santa Claus, they're on the freeway, they're at airports. You know, there's, there's really no event or no tradition or you know, there's nothing sacred, there's nothing they won't ruin. And the Babylon Bee had this great headline where they said, you know, these fine citizens may really have a point, and I'd like to learn more about their cause, thinks driver blocked by protesters for three hours. And I thought you could take this and just say, you know, these fine citizens screaming at cancer patients really have a point, and I'd like to learn more about their cause. What, what's the old, uh, you get more bees with honey? I don't think anyone in these protests has ever heard that expression. I don't know who's in charge of this. And the other thing that this caller said yesterday when he was on Howie's show was he brought up the temporary damage report from the White House. And uh, it, this is what it said. It said, uh, the anti-scale fencing sustains, sustained some temporary damage, but the actual White House fence and adjacent buildings were left untouched, a Secret Service spokesperson told the Post. Well, that's wonderful. But I was I was reading about this, and I was thinking... I just, I don't know, I don't know how these groups gather so quickly, but one of Howie's callers said, you know, one day it's climate change, the next day it's this. I think it's all the same people. It's like malcontents who just want a cause to glom onto. And Libby Emmons had said it on this show. She said they put down, these protesters put down their climate signs and they pick up their pro-Palestinian signs. It's all the same groups of people marching in the streets, rioting, releasing mice into McDonald's. It's the point, I think, is just to sow chaos. And in that way, it's been pretty successful. 844-500-4242. We will continue to talk. I also have a, a poll question for all of you, and I'm curious what people think of this. We don't talk about the vice president a lot or who who Trump's going to pick for vice president. And I'm willing to have a discussion about who you guys think it's going to be. But my bigger question is, does it even matter? Like, does it make a difference to you who he picks for vice president? We'll talk about that. But first, Jared, I want to let people know about the Nauset Beach Inn. I was reading an article today on the best spots on Cape Cod and the Nauset Beach Inn was in there because it's so beautiful. And this beach is spectacular. And a lot of people don't think of the Cape for the off season, but this is actually one of the best times to go. Yeah, it's the Cape in winter is great. You don't have to worry about crowds. You can get reservations. You don't have to worry about any of the, the hectic summer Cape that you go through. And the Nauset Beach Inn is great because not only are there fireplaces in every room and a giant picture window so you can look out at the beach and the ocean so you can stay cozy, but they have fire pits outside. 
when my wife and I went there, we sat by the fire pit in the morning, watched the sunrise, had our coffee. It was tranquil. It was peaceful. It was great. I, I mean, your steps from the beach, you just, you can walk along the beach. You can hear the ocean. You can just relax, take everything in. It's pet friendly, so you can bring your dog. You walk your dog along the beach. Uh, anything you can think to do on the beach, the Nasa Beach Inn is the place to go because it is right there on the beach. Yeah, right now you can stay at the Nasa Beach Inn for under $200 this winter, which is an unbelievable deal. So don't delay. These rooms go fast. Like Jared said, this is the perfect way to unwind, and it's a great place to stay. To reserve your ocean view room, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. The other part of this, Jared, that, that I find amazing is they're outside this cancer hospital, this, this famous cancer hospital, this very respected hospital in New York City, and you can see the cancer patients. They're in the window. And they're watching this. Most people at this point in this country and in the world have had experience with cancer to one degree or another, have had a loved one deal with cancer. And you know the hell people go through when they're battling cancer. And if you've lost somebody to it, it's a whole other can of worms. And to see these punks in the street screaming, there's little kids in the window. I. The rage that I feel, I cannot imagine how other people are receiving this. It's not having, whatever the the effect they want to have, it's not having that effect. 844-500-4242. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is the Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurleyshow.com and just click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com is does Trump's VP pick change anything? Yes, he might win some people over if he picks the right person, or no, it makes no difference whatsoever. I'm going no. I don't think it matters. I think if you hate Trump, you're not going to vote for him no matter who he picks. And if you like Trump or if you you know can tolerate Trump, whatever, you know, if, if, if maybe you don't like his personality, but you like his, his policies, then you're not not going to vote for him because he chose a bad VP. So no, I don't think it matters. 44% say no, it makes no difference. 56% think yes, if he picks the right person, it might win people over. Okay, let's go to the callers here. Lisa, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Hi, Grace. How are you? Good. What's going on? Oh, good. Um, I'd like to just um, make a comment real quick about, um, I think it's Christine Noem, but I wanted to talk about the protesters, the vile um, anti-American as well as anti-Israel. Yes, um, and I don't know, I saw this coming years ago with the Democratic National Committee or convention. Do you remember when they tried to take uh, support for Israel out of their platform? I, I don't remember that exactly, um, yeah. Lisa, but it doesn't shock they tried me. To take, they, just, they tried to take God out and support for Israel, and apparently 
they were overridden. But um, yeah, Lisa, they, Lisa, hold on, hold on here because we're running out of time. That was my fault. Stay on the line, Lisa. We'll take you when we come back because I want to talk more about these protesters. Stay right there. More on that and uh, Trump's potential VP picks when we return. Don't go anywhere.